Hey there, before you start tonight's episode, we wanted to talk to you about a brand new project that we're starting that we're really excited about. It's called Whose Dice Are These Anyway? It's a podcast where the stories are made up and the rules barely matter. Join us every week as our bumbling crew of adventurers solves some mysteries, fights some monsters, and does terrible celebrity impressions. Starting Thursday, January 26th, and every Thursday thereafter. You can find Who's Dice Are These Anyway on every major podcasting distribution platform. You can also find us on Twitter at Who's Dice. We hope you'll tune in for action, suspense, and uncontrollable laughter. See you then. Hello, and welcome to the Guild that Keeps on Giving, a podcast about a group of friends and their thoughts, ideas, and experiences relating to D&D. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Patrick, and let's go talk to my friends. Welcome to the Guild that Keeps on Giving, the show that regales with tales of glorious triumphs and epic failures among friends. And this week is part two of our world-building evolution. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Exercise. <series. laughs> Whatever you want to call it. I'll say, I'll say the word series so i can plug that in later too if that's what right. we decide to go with yeah. there you go i've said like three or four choices we should be fine so let's introduce our guests for this week matt mullen hey matt hello and dr rick mccain hey rick hey there and and i was gonna do a hello for yeah. chris but he's not here today so <laughs> he's uh-huh. not he give a uh, celebratory hello <laughs> <clears throat> all right so we've got some ideas that we've been tossing around uh you guys have been putting yours on the google drive and i have been writing mine on uh mini legal pads and who would like to start sharing what they came up with this week well i think you should start sharing since we haven't seen anything because yours is on little mini pads and not on like shared google drive yeah that would be fine i am going to well mine have points Mine are notes pointing to your notes. So let me bring up okay. the drive. Great. And yeah, actually I'm gonna open that too, so <laughs> just for recording purposes, click, 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 click. Yes. So um the <clears throat> the first one and I don't mean first as in um, order of the list, but the one that meant the biggest thing to me was under the flora fauna tab we had a new alien race i don't know this is just excuse me this is just me but um i don't know uh how much i like creating a new alien race um yeah that was chris's idea um well i mean i don't want to slam his idea while he's not here to defend it but in in my opinion with the orc third-party enemy that we discussed last week, uh, I, I feel like we don't really need like to create a new alien race. And from what we were talking about last week, at least in my notes, it was like it, it absorbs into anything and everything and creates its own DNA and all this stuff. I really feel like that's a lot of extra stuff that we don't need. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Yeah, I mean, that that's something, I mean, if it, it's really hard to talk about it, like you said, without Chris being here, but I think that's something that could be added to it. Maybe, um, you know, alien invasion down the road, they find out about the resource and want, want it too. Um, 
Yeah. But I don't think we need to start with that. Um, yeah, it, it just struck me as doing a lot of work for something that may or may not really come into play. And if it does, I mean, I'm not, not like I'm against doing the work to create the world, but if it does come into play and it really becomes a part of everything and it, it mutates whatever it becomes a part of. So if, let's say, Matt's playing a character and, and it's a, whatever, it's a human paladin. Well, now does he become some sort of weird alien um, creature slash human paladin if he get, touches it or how, how do you know what I mean? Right. Well, I mean, there's there's already templates for that. Uh, lycanthropy. Uh, there's there's you know undead like revenants. You know, like you can have things along those lines. And I guess if Chris wants to develop that, and there's some kind of creature uh, somewhere that we could add to this game. Yeah, maybe to be maybe that that'll part be a fun of the world or his region DM. or however we're Yeah, like little little yeah. region. I'm I'm kind of picturing this continent and Matt, yes, I've given in to the separate world versus separate continent after reading what you wrote. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like your idea that there's a distant area of of higher civilization and past history and then this is a new hidden continent. Uh, that has magical restriction because of the the resources uh, that are there, the resource. And anyway, uh, so yeah, I'm totally on board with that. But uh, I see the different areas almost like, not storms, but like these surges of magic moving around on the continent that um, almost like wild magic surges, or there might be like a Shadowfell surge or a Fae or an Elemental, and just all these different areas where something could drastically change the environment mm -hmm. that um, just would add a whole new thing to exploring. It would, you know, you're out there exploring and the area turns Fae while you're in it, or it turns... I Shadow I definitely like the idea that. that like this part of what makes this continent or space interesting is the idea that there is like an unpredictability about it or a volatility that makes it dangerous yeah. and makes exploration like something that you need to take seriously as opposed to I don't know there's other campaign settings where it's like you're walking down the woods and the woods are just normal forest and nothing real like a monster might come out but you know, it's things are just acting the way they're supposed to. I like the idea of this being a place where things can like, you need to be careful. And uh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Going back though, real quick to this idea of like the flora fauna, new alien race. I don't know about mm -hmm. specifically like what he was talking about in terms of that, the movie um, and how that particular race would be. But I actually do think we should consider like leaning into the idea of it doesn't have to be alien races, but like coming up with new races for this world and like maybe not just using the standard D and D. I mean, they can also be there elves and dwarves and humans and things can all be part of the world in general, but I do think maybe we should consider making some new races or things for this specific like well, campaign setting just to too. make it, interesting and I, I just, dynamic uh, in its own way <clears throat> excuse me when I he agree. said 
alien race and he meant um you know when he described it and it was like a space alien race not just alien to you know this area of the world or whatever i don't know it just it kind of throws me off it doesn't really fit our whatever else we've talked about not that that's not going to change 20 times before we finish this <laughs> but alien races if i scratch out alien and put new i i assumed we were doing that anyway from what we talked about last mm-hmm. week i think having some new races not only just as part of the world but to play i think would be super cool as well yeah you know yeah we'd have to come up with all the lore and the and the personality you know and all that yeah. stuff and that'd be a lot of fun to create all that I mean, yeah i was gonna say I that sounds like it's right in the wheelhouse Plus, that's one of the oh, most yeah. fun things about a new campaign setting to me. It's the first thing right. I go look up is what are the new races that we're able to play as a player. I, I also, as a biologist and all that, I l- would love to create new creatures, monsters that kind of fit with each other in the ecology mm-hmm. um, and have a whole... And that would give this uh, continent a whole this distant land which is what distantia terrain means that i was just throwing that around as a name um that uh, this distant land would have this unique uh like you said race unique unique um, everything unique landscape unique <clears throat> yeah. because where you're coming from if it sort of is like the you know they landed here on a boat type thing we talked about or you know no one no one from their area has ever been there. It would be very unique to them. Everything about it would. Right. I was right. thinking about this in terms of like historically, like the Columbian Exchange and like all the thing. If you if you go look up like everything that was new to like from Europe and Africa and Asia versus what's from originally like North and South America, and just like Italy doesn't have tomatoes until columbus like ireland doesn't have potatoes like it totally changes everything about belgium had no right the world like or waffles so yes (laughs) or vanilla (laughs) so like i think it would be really cool to kind of lean into that idea for this new continent that almost everything in it is like fun and new and stuff that that our characters or whatever you want to say, characters from the old world have never seen before, and so we can lean into like creating all that fun, fun so stuff. So one of one of my notes was almost exactly that, without the history backstory, but like not only the everything is you know all this new unique stuff that we haven't seen before, but the stuff that we had seen before, like you know olives were in Italy, but. Say we came to America and the olives were, they tasted like blueberries or, you know, everything that was known to us is now a unknown and it's a unique like variety of it or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that happened when they came over to North America. The blueberry olives? The reason. (laughs) The snozberries tasted like snozberries. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Like they confused the, the elk with the the wapiti with the elk in Europe. Uh, and then they encountered what we call the moose, which the Europeans called an elk, you know, because it was just a big deer. And so there's a lot of confusion with the animals and things along those lines. And there was new, um, 
new flora and fauna. Right. You know, turkeys and maize and, you know, all sorts of, well, like you said, potatoes and tomatoes. Right. <laughs> Sweet potatoes, all that stuff. And so, yeah, I, I would have a lot of fun throwing that together and coming up with some good ideas. Of course, feeding off of your guys' ideas about it too. Yeah, I think we're all going to have a ton of ideas and that might be one of the difficulties of really narrowing everything down. And I- Well, the great the, the great thing is is I I really enjoy synthesizing information and finding connections like like I did with the the backgrounds of characters when we're doing um Descendant to Avernus. Like you just tell a story and Matt can tell a story and I would love to find a way that those connect and interconnect and sure. You know, and take those and run. I think with that's them. a lot of the fun of D and D. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know if when we get done, this is going to be straight D and D. You know, I mean, there's going to be some. Um, I mean, I'm hoping that the mechanics, uh, at least the majority of the mechan- the vast majority, the majority of the camp uh, mechanics stay the same. But other than that, I mean, we're going to create new races and new everything. Sure, but they'll all fall within the the. I mean, they pop out. I mean, Eberron. Yeah, that's true. Dark Sun. They have all their own races. The Warforged. The, right. You know, there's some in there that I don't even recognize because I haven't read all the source material. Uh, you know, when I pop up creating a character and I'm like, I don't even right. know what that race is. Um, but I know it's not in my world. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not a Forgotten Realms. Anyway. Yeah, that'll be fun, making new races and the flora and fauna. But Matt, you had come up with something about the resource that we were talking about. Yeah, so the way I handled this was, based on what we talked about last week, uh, I just kind of said, okay, what are the things that I can like really wrap my head around? And I focus on those things. So some of this might feel like oh well where's the you know the tech side or whatever i i don't know how to i didn't know how to square that circle so i kind of left that out of this description that doesn't mean i'm trying to get rid of it but uh i focused on like what this resource was i called it arcanite meaning like is related to arcana and basically i imagined it as this and again, mechanically, I'm not trying to change anything about D&D, but flavor-wise, I thought it would be cool if this is actually like what casters need in order to do magic. Like, you need Arcanite to cast spells, and you need like bigger, more intricately, more finely cut and polished gemstones of Arcanite to cast higher-level spells. And... That it is actually like what stops people from becoming like high level wizards that like fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth level spells like slot gems of Arcanite is so rare that you just can't get your hands on it. Even if you could theoretically like understand the spell, you wouldn't be able to do it without this gem. And I really like the idea that like the old world is. It's it's very rare. This this material is so hard to come by. People can cast, you know, like some lower level spells. You can get your hands on those gems, but these higher level ones just don't exist. And then when they find this new world, this place is like 
not like it's just lying on the beach or anything, but it's it's all over the place. You can find Arcanite really easily, and that's actually what makes one of the things that makes this world's like or this continent's uh geography and biology and everything so unique and different is the fact that this like magic is everywhere, just like emanating and really it mess like I am imagining like floating islands that are like part of this and like things that are like so crazy to the people that are from the other parts of the world because this place is so magical and uh it's everywhere and that's everyone's kind of like rushing to try to get to this island which is hard to do it's dangerous and then navigate like how do you actually get this stuff out of here because also this island or not this island but this continent is incredibly dangerous and hard to traverse and that could be one of the central tensions of like and also should we get all this magic mineral out of here or is there going to be a downside to that i don't know that's what i came up with in terms of that idea i absolutely i like that that too man that is perfect um it it would explain all the different surges it would explain while everyone's pushing to come here um and why they didn't do so well in pushing deep into the continent because of how dangerous and and wild it is that that's awesome plus it gives us a new like you said it doesn't really change the mechanics of the caster they just have to have this as an arcane focus right I, that's exactly um, i was like well this would just be the explanation of like why can i only cast this spell once a day or twice a day like because my right. ring or whatever, it, my arcane focus like loses that charge, and it will recharge over time. But now, would this also be for clerical and druidic magic and things like that? So, I, I mean, I don't know. We can decide, like, break that down. But I kind of thought it would be fun if, like, yeah, everyone needs this stuff um, because it, in in the continent. Be, I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, in the continent, it's so abundant that you can justify anyone having whatever pieces they need. But we can also say, that, like, this doesn't apply to them for whatever, like, for whatever reason. No, I, I, I think it should. Um, and maybe there's different variations of the stone or different qualities mm-hmm. that the, um, for instance, you know, the, the blue arcanite can only cast clerical spells and the... Sure. You know, red arcanite can be wizardly, and um, sorcerers have—I don't know—arcanite inside them. I don't know how would that work. I can well, I don't know arcanite. That'd be crazy. I think you could keep yeah, like, it like fuse. Well, like, they could do that too. I was gonna. My original thought was just that like sorcerers can could do just like they can do spells naturally. They don't need to like learn. Or like read but from a book, the but they just still need they need a resource to like channel it through. Does you'll have to remind me? Do sorcerers need an arcane focus? I have no idea. Or they don't. But spell components or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, there's spell components. I think Rainbeer had to have spell components. Not that we paid any attention to those, but I don't did know. not I have could, to I have an arcane focus. Out. But wouldn't it be more of just a flavor thing anyway? This whole thing. I yeah, mean, that's what I'm. Well, so I we mean, can twist it however we need to to make sure that that person sure. when they hit, you know, third level spells that they can cast their level spells. Yeah. I mean. And and for warlocks, it actually would be very interesting that your um, your patron 
would come down and hand you, you know, when you level up, hand you the next ring size. It's like the tooth fairy. You wake up and there's a stone underneath your pillow. That's what I was going to ask when when, uh, I was rudely interrupting Matt was, so some classes like that you have a patron or whatever, if they don't exist, if, if the... If the root of all magic is this Arcanite, um, would we just get rid of that? The patron aspect? Or would it be like... What, I know at one point we talked about the 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 Arcanite or whatever we're going to end up calling it being in the Earth because a, a, a mighty titan had fallen and it was part of their fossil or something. I forget how far right, right, gone. right, and maybe the Arcanite is the, you know, the fossilized. You know, they, there's a thing called coprolite that is dinosaur poop, mm, and it is fossilized. Poop. It's a stone. It's a stone that's fossilized dinosaur poop. So this this could be, you know, this could be Titan poop. Fossil. Nice. I like it. I like it a lot. Titan poop is the root of all magic. I was thinking more the bones, but yes, that's funny. Um, Okay, Um, I mean, I'm just trying to wrap my head around this because yeah, it could also it could also be like the arcanite, and and you know that could be a big reveal down the road, or you know, kind of a hidden pseudo knowledge of of where the source of the arcanite actually is, or it could just be a myth. Sure. You know, some kind of legend. Yeah, I guess. That, you know, I mean, that's something have. we could really hash out over time, right? Yeah, it doesn't even have to be a... as far. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't really matter because you're just dealing with where it is now. Right. right. Yeah. There, there may be some thematic ramifications for it, but that could be more of the, you know, a DM's storytelling. Yeah. Getting back to your original question, Patrick, my initial vision of this is that, like, yes, Arcanite is all magic, but Mm -hmm. it's just flavor. It's so whatever we need to do to flavor it to fit warlocks or sorcerers or druids, like, I don't want it to be like it messes up anyone's favorite class to play kind of thing, but I also... Yeah, I just think it makes for like a part of the history and like the motivation of this campaign setting if there's something like yeah. that. But absolutely, I, I don't. Just, I don't want it to mess things up. No, <laughs> I'm just trying to sort of right. uh, you know square away in my head what we're you know the vision for that because it and when we when I was reading what you had written on the Google Drive. Um, I was in my head kind of imagining that certain spells, the Arcanite could be like the component needed instead of, I, I don't know, you know, say a Druid does have spells that aren't, man, I, I wish I knew like the list of spells in my head. But anyways, let's say there's a spell that a Druid needs some sp- very, really specific piece of, uh, of a tree or a root or a something. And um, it could only be, that spell could only be completed by Arcanite or, you know, just as a component that's in these really high class spells, you know, like, yeah, you can use Mage Hand without Arcanite, but you can't do a uh, um, Tidal Wave without Arcanite. You know, that's how I was kind of picturing it in my head. Mm. Um, and then I also was wondering because 
if that is something that we're really going to make a big part of the flavor, do we need to make a, a big deal of, hey, you really have to go get some Arcanite. You can't, you can't just say, we all have 10 Arcanite stones, you know? Well, yeah, that's why... So I was thinking about this because I was like, well, I, I'm sure there are games where people or DMs are like, you don't have this, the components to cast this spell. Like, you need to have all of these things in your inventory if you want to cast Hero's Feast. You better have exactly what is listed. And every spell that has components, right? your DM could say, you've got to go find a bat's wing if you want to, like... yeah cast levitate or whatever i don't know if i'm sure there are dms out there that like to suck the fun out of the game (laughs) (laughs) right but i was thinking the way we play is we don't ever i I mean sometimes only if it's like a huge amount of money are we like do you actually have the huge amount of gold pieces right right. yeah like something like that but everything else we just kind of hand wave that you're a caster you know what you need you pick it up at the store before you go out every day and you're you're good so in my mind, the Arcanite, even though in my lore, everyone needs Arcanite to cast these things, to me it's like like we said, when you level up, that's you polishing off your your stone and you putting on your next ring, and yeah. you've got it, and you can do it. And the only thing that could happen is if you all get captured in some sort of TPK-like scenario, and they take all your stuff... Then you could say, and they took all your Arcanite, and you're going to need to get it back before right. you can cast a spell again. That, I think, could be interesting and kind of cool, but I think that's up to the DM to decide how much you want to like micromanage people's The only reason I was really wondering this. so much about that is because it, the way we were talking last week and even so far this week, that Arcanite is going to be like a huge part of this, like an important part mm-hmm. of this campaign. So that's why I was kind of wondering if it was so scarce to have a certain size that you needed for a certain well, spell or, or how it was going to work. That's why I think what it's if, fun to that the setting is actually the new continent where it's so prevalent because then you can totally justify why all the characters here have it when they need no, it. No, that makes total sense now that you just said that out loud. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, and what if we tied to um, like the mechanics of the proficiency bonus? So, you know, if the most common Arcanites can get you up to fourth level, you know, because that's a plus two proficiency. And then I'm just seeing like, instead of needing one every time you level up, it could work within that proficiency bonus. I mean, yeah, it's however we want to do it. It doesn't really... Just uh, like a mechanic. I'm just, I don't know. Just... I, I, once again, I want this to mostly be a flavor thing. I don't actually want to sure. get too deep in the weeds but we can get into the weeds i just when i wrote it i specifically was like but i'm not changing anyone's mechanics on how they're right anything works i just want this to be a flavor explanation of why right. we're here and why we care about this mineral i was just thinking like the common uncommon sure yeah that makes sense too. legendary and keep it right along those um those levels because that that would be familiar to it would also you could rank them in D&D Beyond, when we create the Arcanite magic item or, you know, whatever, using the existing leveling of magic items or whatever, you'd be able to... Yeah. You know. I also think it would be fun if they're, like, unrefined Arcanite that you find out in the wild. You could also, like, break off a piece and cast 
spells through that and that then you get to roll on like the wild magic table that we create for it like that would be crazy (laughs) yeah like oh because yeah like you could have your rings or whatever i'm imagining them as rings but they don't have to be you can have whatever your talisman stolen and then but you there's there's arcanite around that you could grab a hold of but there's like there could be side effects of using that or maybe you just want to try to amp up whatever you're trying to do and you're going to take a risk i think that could be really fun and just i do too crazy that sounds like something (laughs) i'd like to be involved in yeah That's more of an Ellery behavior. Yeah, Ellery needs to break into this world. Um, I what else was I, I was when I was looking at Matt's thing. Let me bring that up again. The Arcanists, Arcanists. However, yeah, that was just my attempt to like kind of quantify what these people who are like when we were talking about magic versus tech. Okay, I was like, what what are these people? And so that I just kind of was jotting down notes about maybe like a philosophy that they just think magic's the best and everyone should have it and we should all be using as much arcanite as we possibly can and and that's just their attitude i don't it, it doesn't have to be anything but that's just no i, I was actually no, I, like say, I liked it um yeah i and, did too uh i know last week you you spoke about um you wanted to sort of develop a prestige class yeah so I actually attempted <laughs> to develop a prestige class that I was going to make more than one, but then the one took a long time. Um, so I decided <laughs> to just stick with that for this week. But so I talked l- last week about like, I really love factions and organizations right. in like fantasy. And so I came up with the Kelsu Bexerit, which is. Uh, just tickles my brain name wise in <laughs> in a fun way. I like it, and I like it. Basically, their little backstory that I came up with is that essentially um, Arcanite being so rare in the old world has led to problems in the past with like wars over little gems that only one person could potentially even use, but we're killing thousands of people to fight over this ninth level spell slot and uh i mean if you could get a wish spell right exactly certainly be a big thing so the kelsu bexerit are an organization that kind of develops post one of these big wars and their job essentially is we're going to control arcanite and we're going to make sure that we don't have wars over it anymore and we're going to like manage it that's their kind of self-appointed mission and i mean how successful they are can be up to us but i just came up with this idea that they i created a (laughs) this religion means nothing it's just called the the eight they worship eight gods and so they're they're all about the number eight and there's eight orders and uh they're run by a council of eight members and so the way I created the prestige class was basically I said, okay, well, there's these eight orders and they all have their own little flavor thing. And so if you want to be a member of the Kelsu Bexerit, you can join them. And that basically at certain levels, you get certain features. And then each order has its own kind of like flavored feature. Mostly what I did was I went through, especially like the Unearthed Arcana, like archived features. And I found features that 
shouldn't be breaking combat really like in terms of like it shouldn't make you so overpowered some of them are like usable in combat but they were flavor things that would help you with exploration or maybe like healing people or being more diplomatic or being a spy things that just kind of fit with each like i gave each organization like kind of a a sub mission within the within this organization and if you've uh if you've ever read wheel of time think Aes Sedai and all the different ajas and the colors and they all have their own little side projects that's kind of where this idea came from cool and uh yeah that's how i did it i gave you i gave them something at second level fourth eighth twelfth and sixteenth and in my mind the way this would work is you don't get any of these features until you join this organization and it's like at your dm's discretion if they want to say like okay well you're you're fifth level when you join so you get the second level feature and the fourth level feature and as you level up when you get to eighth level you'll get that feature as part of just the bonus of being part of this prestige class and then i figured we would make a rule that like you can only be a part of one prestige class you can't see i was thinking double triple dipping i was thinking about um after i read yours i was like man i really like that i was thinking about trying to make one up myself and um i started thinking about it and i was like i really like this one but what if what if there was a second one you could join for some other reason you know uh, or maybe the two the two orders or something aligned and I, I don't know. There's a million different ways I could I, play that out. In my like mind. a competing order other than Kelsu Bextra? So Kelsu Bextra, let's say you join up with them in the beginning, you know, like straight up level one or two or whatever. And you, you're with them till like fifth level. And so you've gotten the second and the fourth level features of being a, a Kelsu Bextra member. And then in our travels, your character, this is the same thing I was saying about how I don't like putting my ideals and flaws and everything at the beginning let's say your character or our whole party or whatever goes a whole nother direction because of some uh, i don't know some event or Mm -hmm. some reason that we haven't thought of yet and you decide oh this this order is more aligned with like what we're trying to do now or what i'm trying to do now and um i want to join up and so if you switch over to that order there's two or three ways you could play this for sure, and probably a ton of other ways that I haven't thought of. But you would you would keep what you have so far, uh, this, whatever you got at second and fourth. Say you were the Kelsu Bexerit, and then you know, like let's say at fifth level you wanted to go a different direction, you would start with the other order or prestige class really, mm-hmm. and you would start gaining from that point. That's one way you could do it, and then stop. You know, getting anything from the Kelsey Bex. Right. You don't. You don't get their their first two. You keep those with That's the Kelsey Bex. Right. And you. Yeah. That and way, you're you, only total getting five or six, whatever. Right. Or you could do it as the Kelsey Bexerit and the um, Schnozberry, You know, League of Schnozberries or whatever. Right. Um, Schnozberry Farmers of America. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they they do Schnozberry aid every year. Uh, so like those two decided that. Whatever this uh, this big bad is or this organization is, 
I don't know, maybe it's trying to wipe them out or maybe it's just a completely opposing ideal uh, that they're based on or whatever, that you can sort of team up, uh, those two things team up so you can sort of get a little bit of both or all of both up to a certain level. Or I mean, there's just so many ways you could do it. But um, I was thinking it would be really, I like yeah, that be idea, really cool sure. if you had the option. And if we decide to poo-poo the you can have both, then it would be still be really cool to have like some Kelsey Beckstreet, some Schnozberry Farmers of America, and like, right. you know, I don't know, build upon so that somehow. mechanically, let's say we're going to use D&D Beyond. We are, for, I'm sure. Things. <laughs> so mechanically, are these backstories... Multi-class, new classes, or feats? They'd probably, that's the only... they'd probably be feats is the yeah. easiest way to put them in. Is to, right. Uh, well, I think he it even calls them... Um, would you call them features? Or, yeah. I can't remember. No, feet. You, you even have one. Feet, iron will, plus two wisdom, saving throw. At, did right. you get a level two for the Kelsey Baxter? I think it should be almost sort of like that for every, every one of these we get, you know? If... Yeah, because you can add feats even if you're not supposed to get right. them at that level. Yeah, as long as your DM says you can have it, you could just go on there and say, hey, I'm getting this feat now. D&D Beyond doesn't yeah. care. So um, I think that would be a really easy thing to do and much easier than trying to reinvent the wheel as far as how to add uh, you know, a bunch of different things to your character that D&D Beyond doesn't just naturally let you add. Yeah, they're... Right, yeah, I was thinking of us like creating new... like. A multi-class level of the well, prestige see, I thing think if you do that though, when you do those, and... uh, if you add ones that are already in there, not homebrew, it's it's too it's too thought out for you already. The stuff that Matt's right. trying to do is really sort of innovative, and it doesn't really match. Like, oh, I'm now going to be a you know subclass whatever. It's really its own thing, and I think if we do that, and we just know that Matt is a Kelsu Bexerit because he's said it since level two or whatever then he doesn't have mm-hmm. to explain that to us every time. And he has a feat and we know what that feat is. And I think that would be really kind of the easiest way to go about it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think the feat. Would so I want to issues. invent one. Um, I, I sort of started working on it based on the, just the format that Matt had, not really anything else because um, what I want to do doesn't really align with the kind of order you created. Uh, right. I, I want to do one that is very, man, I don't know how to explain it, acrobatics-based. Uh, or, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the rogue, it, when you see the rogue in a cartoon or in a movie or something, the rogue can do all this cool uh, flipping and swinging from things and all that kind of stuff. I want right. to go one that's sort of like that. It's very acrobatics-based. Once again, it's not uh, meant to break combat. You don't get a bunch of, like, pluses to hit and all that kind of stuff. But it will improve your, like dexterity and right you know the 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 type of movement you can have so like you know maybe you get the mobile feet or right you, you know what i mean that sort of thing and absolutely uh, i didn't post it in the in the uh google drive because it, it's super rough and not polished but i'm kind of liking what i've got so far and i will post it in there when i'm when i'm further along so i think the only thing that we should I I think we should all make prestige classes and maybe multiples if you've got like I want there to be lots of options for people yeah to to do because I think that makes it more fun if there's more diversity I don't think every one of them needs to have 
<laughs> Kelsey Bexer within it has like eight options to choose from within. I don't think everything needs I wasn't that many. Gonna go that far or, because... if, or if even any other options, you can just say this is this group and this is what they do. But I do think we should try to keep it to like the same levels where you get a feature as opposed to like. So the mechanics will stay. Okay, so that it's just of, like at level like, two, I mean, four, eight, twelve, right. 16, Instead you get of, something. Yeah. Yeah, just so it. it's not like everyone's getting because especially if we want to be yeah. able to do a mix and match thing then it's like well this one has different like gets things at different levels and i'm switching because they have more or i don't like this one because it has less that's kind of what i was worried about because i when you had the level two in there i i wanted to have um mine start at level two as well but uh i wanted it to be uh like as soon as you joined you, you get the mobile feet. Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of stumped. I'm still kind of stumped on where to go with level four because level four is an ability score increase, you know, by D&D mechanics. Or you can right. take a feat, you know. And I really didn't want to go... I looked at it and I was like, well, that means I could technically get a feat and a feat at level four. Right. And that seemed like... To, yeah, and we can change when my level is on that. Well, I was saying that because I was thinking about going switching mine to one, three, five. But now that you've said that they should all be the same, I don't know. What but if, I can switch what mine to they, one, three, five. Like, no, it's, I don't want to change what you, you got unless you want to. Well, I'm just saying <laughs> this is a rough draft. Like I'm not, I'm not married to these levels. I didn't, I actually right. didn't give much thought to it other than I wanted some space between them. Sure, but sure. like. Uh, no, I didn't, I didn't even think about, oh, fourth level, you could get a feat and you're getting a feat from right. this and you're really right. like, cause I never get, I never choose feats until the end when I'm out of, yeah, I've already leveled already, up. Yeah. yeah. I've already got my ability yeah. all up. So I didn't think about it that way, but you're right. We probably shouldn't be. What if once again, we stuck it with the proficiency bonus levels? So that would be like a one, five. No. Eight. For me, I I, I want to poo poo that Rick or and it's nine. nothing. No offense, it's just those first few levels. I, I'm always like, man, I wish I just had something, some little something that made me not such a, a scrub. And I think if we could get them a couple of things, well, that's why you're getting at one, and then you get your subclass at at two or three, yeah, and then you get new spells, and then I don't know. Because we don't want to remember if someone's new to this and they, they might be wanting to play our world or whatever, or even us, you're getting used to your character and you're going to go up through those levels very quickly. Yeah, I mean, so, that's true. And you're already getting something at first level, right? And then. Well, um, I mean, we don't have to do that at first level. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. The only reason I didn't start uh, it at first is because I was like, well, I don't. I mean, you can, at character creation, make your character a member of this right. as part of your backstory if your dm allows it but i was like well i don't know if you want to be able to play in the world a little bit and figure out who these different groups are and who i might want to join I up think you're with right uh and that's why i put it at second but it doesn't again I, this is not i wrote this down but it's not set in stone like right right yeah we're just hashing right. out different ideas but i think it's something um, to consider the double the me putting it at four might have been a mistake, and we might want to consider moving some of these numbers or all of them around. Yeah, yeah, and we can play test it. 
I mean, I think we're going to have to play test a lot of this stuff to just work out some oh, yeah. geeks, man. Because we're talking about yeah. changing quite a few things. And I know right now it's just talk, but when we you know sit down to play, we're going to find out that, oh, wait, this this doesn't really work out, and here's why. And I think if we yeah. if we play a few little play tests, we're probably going to have a way better world at the end of this. Oh, for so, sure. Yeah. And I think that's part of the that idea about like the creating NPCs by having little adventures is mm-hmm. we can play test these uh these things. In fact, I'm imagining my playtest thing is going to be an entirely Kelsupexerit adventure <laughs> where all of you will hopefully be different like just for the creating some bat, like some NPCs. Yeah, you well, need least, some, yeah. You yeah, need some like I Right, exactly. So, I think that would be I like uh, it. I like it fun too. to do to t- test these different things out. I thought one that was really so, cool, Matt, was when you played um, that character you built for the one shot that was uh, the samurai. I thought, how cool would that be to have like a uh, prestige class that takes that further into like the samurai uh-huh. uh, world, man? You know, the Ronin uh, world. Right, yeah. Man, that would be cool. I just don't know how to make it. <laughs> no, but I love it. I think we should come up with something like that uh, for sure. For sure. So. When I was a kid, I read this sci-fi book. I can't find it. I don't know who wrote it. I don't, I, I want to find it again. So maybe you may have heard of it, but there were these traveling judges that were like dancers, like martial art like dancers, exotic like dancers, like singer kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was, it was, dancers, there was some, what saying. yeah. And <laughs> The book um, was Leaving they, they Las fought. Vegas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. So, so weird and trippy. Sci-fi book. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So, um, and they they fought with defensively with cloaks and d- d- dancing and had long hair and with things tied in their hair. I don't know. It it was it was really cool. But their their group went around and. Um, were like judges uh-huh. like the traveling judge in the wild like West a circuit judge yeah thing yeah like circuit judge. yeah that actually right moved. back then when it was um, an actual a circuit that they made <laughs> circuit, yeah 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 and um so i'd like to kind of create that i've always wanted to sounds awesome um, yeah it does sound kind so of cool. they there is it was yeah. it from 1974 there's a book called traveling judge by jerome gardner I don't know. There's also I'll one called Road of the Lost Book, one of the judges cycle. I don't know. That's the quickest Google search ever. I'm not deep diving. I never thought to look up by the word judge. Well, I just Googled sci-fi book about traveling judges uh, and okay. pole dancers. And those came right <laughs> <Is that> up. <laughs> well, I mean, there was some eroticism in the book. But um, uh, a lot of was that was know, that in your mind the eroticism so. or was it actually on the pages? It, it was. <laughs> that's that's my little private that's true. thought. Yeah, I'm not gonna, yeah. No. Um, <laughs> All he knows is he really um, liked it. He yeah. can't remember what it's called. I but. <laughs> really, really enjoyed reading it. It wasn't like Philip Jose Farmer level. I don't know if you've ever read a, some of his stuff. I have not. You, you're getting into um, some deep cuts. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's got some really good standard sci-fi, and then he's got some way out triple X sci-fi stuff. Pretty bizarre. Fair enough. I'm gonna um, edit that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that anymore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's gotten awkward. You guys brought up the pole dancing. I wasn't even going to go there. Yeah, they enough. were dancers and this and that, and it just became... Sorry, but... Yeah, yeah oh, it, was it was like a dancing way, martial no, arts. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. There were performers and judges and circuit travelers and everything. Gotcha. But... Um, That's such an odd combo of, of things thing. to be. Performer and a judge and all that. Storytellers yeah. and... Yeah, they were like a cross between a bard and a monk. Hmm. Hmm. And they had the legal authority to... And the legal authority to, to... Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I, I'm i excited were, to see... And they were seen as very neutral. Yeah, what this comes up and like looks like. Uh, and I think it makes yeah. total sense in a kind of wilderness uh, setting. Well, I, I might make a monk subclass. Traveling judge. Yeah, if, instead of a uh, prestige class. like, but Yeah, just a... Yeah, because that's the other thing. Like... Uh, about prestige versus a subclass is I definitely wanted this to be any class could be a member of this right? and like get the benefits. I mean, obviously there would be some synergy if you are a cleric and you want to be the healing type. Sure. Uh, Kelsey Bexer, but I don't think you don't have to be, you can be a fighter and be the healer or a monk or a warlock or whatever you want to be and like get these benefits and it doesn't, uh, yeah, it's not like, but if yeah, if yours is a specific martial artist, then it may might make more sense to say it's a monk subclass uh, or a bard fits. subclass if they're the dancing, well, that's true, singing true, yeah. martial artist. I, I mean, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I see. I get. I think they're mostly um, monks. They would they were hand to hand, right? Kind of internal finding the balance and. Then, then yeah, I think definitely yeah. a subclass versus a sounds, prestige yeah, class. Sounds like makes... it. Maybe you should create that, Rick, and cool. see what happens. I will. I will. <clears throat> I'm loving this. I, <laughs> I am super loving this too right now. I the the whole I, I want to work on uh, the subclass I was or not subclass, I'm sorry, prestige class I was talking about. But if we could do something with that samurai one too, man, I just think that one has so many cool flavor possibilities. I mean, and uh combat or whatever but maybe he's a traveling samurai judge <laughs> and salesman and yes and vacuum salesman. cleaner salesman yeah, so. the traveling merchant judge he's got to make his money somehow yeah. makes his money maker legal fees <laughs> by day he's a judge by night not so much uh, yeah anywho but yeah, no, I do like, and that's, I'm really excited about, obviously last week and even this week, we're painting in broad strokes. Oh yeah. yeah but yeah. as we get in your idea of this like Ronin samurai prestige class to me is like, oh, and what's the story connected to that? Like yeah, everything cool. just adds detail and richness. I love it. I do too, uh, man. I'm feeling like we're, well, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed as far as creating the world because, I, you know, I'm, I tried to create that one prestige class and I'm a little bit stumped. So. Oh, yeah. This <laughs> took me a long time to make this. And I thought, in my head, I was like, I'll just crank this out. No problem. Right. 
days later, I was like, still not quite done with that. So <laughs> yeah, I looked at yours and I'm like, oh, I got to do one of these. And then it, a couple of days of uh, thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> so when you guys are saying prestige class, you don't really mean they take the class. Well, no, it prestige class. There's just an add-on fee, like they're in a separate. It's, yeah, board, it's not a class. Right? It's it's a it's its own thing, okay. and it can be taken by any. Uh, I don't care if Matt's a fighter, you're a cleric, I'm a bard. Right, if you're in the right. order. Yeah, you're, you're not taking these levels in place of your class's levels, right. but you are taking them gotcha. like concurrently, basically. Because that's that's what a prestige class is. It's a replacement level. Right, and I want this that, to just be That an isn't multi-class. Well, for us, this is... This is not not that. add on this, this is, is prestige 5e worldwide. prestige class yeah it's prestige yeah. worldwide you get all of it prestige benefit yeah well yeah. we're Whatever. prestiging with for benefits. those of you who are listening to this <laughs> prestiging, and, prestiging with benefits yeah, that's what it is and pole dancing okay we're really yeah, going yeah it might be time to wrap it up down. i don't know uh no i was uh thinking exactly like matt where this is just some add-on bonus because you became part you you are a member of whatever order and have you looked at the strixhaven book so i have not i no because they have something like that like you're in different groups and you get benefits for being but i i think that might just be background you know weston mentioned that too actually and then when the background um I don't know. I, I just I, I haven't gotten the book yet, and I haven't read it. But I, I kind of skimmed through at the bookstore. Um, I have it on D and D Beyond. And um, yeah, I guess. What I is it too. you're wanting us to look at in it? There was something about oh, like the Strixhaven initiates, like yeah and then they get stuff maybe they get stuff at different levels maybe i misunderstood yeah no they do like the background actually when they level up they get stuff through that background so maybe we could follow that mechanic well it's different like uh, weston did mention this is strixhaven initiate and they have these different colleges you can join or be part of lorehold prismari quandrix silver quill and witherbloom and being okay. part of them comes with these benefits. You get to choose two cantrips and a first level spell. Um, it, it's basically feat, but it's magic based, right? Like, Correct. It's all yeah. Magic I mean, based. we wouldn't have to. We wouldn't have to do that. Ours would be more thematic based. Right. Yeah. Well, there's Strixhaven backgrounds too, but they're they're not. You basically you're a student, so you're a lore hold. Or, you know, whatever of those colleges I just listed off, you know, Prismari, Quandrix, whatever. Um, you're a student of those and you get you get a couple of skill proficiencies, a couple of languages, some equipment, and um, you get you gain that feat that we just talked about. Like, you know, if you're the Lorehold College, you're the Lorehold initiate right. feat. <clears throat> um Okay, so that's that's the background. So you can be a lorehold. I'm just for the for the mechanics of adding it to your yeah. character. Yeah. Well, actually, I mean, so if you just go with straight up what they have, you can. I mean, you can pick like lorehold is charisma based, Quandrix is intelligence based, um, and then there's right. different ones. But um, well, I, I see this like uh, for instance, you get spells from your background as you level up. You can get add features. Like most backgrounds, you get everything right at first level, and that's right. it. 
So right? yeah, pretty much. And and these are adding features at they're all spells, but they're adding features at different Yeah, that's kind yeah, of that's kind of what we're doing. That's kind up. of what we're doing, but yeah. a little different. So maybe maybe you can pick a Yeah. Well I don't the thing about those, uh, just looking at them very quickly, uh, so I may be completely incorrect about this, but the thing about those is it's very it's very narrow, um, and what like what Matt created was you know some more of a feat that you could add to any character, thinking. yeah, and yeah. it well it didn't have yeah. to be based on a certain like skill like charisma or you know you have to be a wizard or. Um, any of that it's, it's sort of more of an open right. and all-inclusive worldwide you know prestige worldwide that's what prestige it is worldwide. Yeah. that's what it, that's all there is to it. boats yeah. and hose that's and what this campaign's called yeah <laughs> <laughs> i would love to do a campaign called boats and hose that's oh, how you get here and then there's these judges that are dancing around yeah, man. So... <laughs> i'd be a slash buffler in that campaign for sure sexy dancing that's judges it, baby you know I'm That's just picturing like eighty-year-old so, dudes in black robes <laughs> trying to gyrate. Yeah. It's not very sexy. They're unaging monks. Oh, nice. So they're young men in black Still robes. Still going like this with the freaking well, black robes. They're not old men, but yes. I'm just teasing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna try to. Okay, so yeah, I, I guess yeah, that was just a thought, but I guess the um, the feats would work better. I'm just I'm gonna create something and just put it up for you guys to look at and then you can pick it apart there versus trying to compare it because I think what we're trying to do doesn't exactly match anything that is currently offered in the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons. So and I think that's right the space I wanna be in. I wanna do something different. Yeah, me too. I, yeah, I think absolutely. that's part of the fun. I mean if we're gonna present this to the world, we wanna have our own spin on things. It can't just be Oh, it's it's the not, unremembered not kingdoms, for not the forgotten world, realms. For it's, us, <laughs> I want it to be fun. Right? Yeah. What we want. Screw the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> buy our product, they don't, don't like. Buy they don't product. have to play. <laughs> yeah. Screw you guys that are listening. But, don't. Uh, I, I think just for our own purposes, <laughs> I would like it to be what we create because I know what we create. We're going to feel much more in touch with than than anything D and D is going to put out. And I love, I love that it's still D&D and we're still using the mechanics and everything, but it's cool that it's something that's not available to us currently. Right. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. All right, well, I think that's about all the time we have for this week, guys. So, all right. Um, like Matt said, I like to leave. So, uh, I'm all excited <laughs> and ready to go write about some D&D stuff. Uh, appreciate your insights, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Sounds great. All right. Thanks for listening to the Guild that keeps on giving. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or whatever your favorite podcast service. Also, don't forget to like and share our Facebook page, the Guild that keeps on giving on Facebook, our Instagram at TGTKOG, and our Twitter at T underscore G underscore T underscore K underscore O underscore G. For all of us here at the Guild that keeps on giving, thanks for listening and have a great week.